The Productive Woman, Episode 186. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks so much for joining me, and if you are new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. In this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about spring cleaning, what it is, why we might want to do it, and how to get it done when we don't have the time to do it. You'll find more information and links to resources I mentioned in the episode and other reference materials all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 186. This episode is brought to you by Making Light Candles. I am delighted to have them as a sponsor, and they are offering a special discount to the Productive Woman listeners who use the promo code TPW10, that's TPW and the number 10, when you order at makinglight.com. So what are Making Light Candles? What, What are they all about? It's about helping create a daily ritual to focus on your best work, setting aside a distraction-free time, turning off notifications, and letting the physical act of lighting the candle be a beginning and let the flicker and the subtle scent be a reminder to kind of stay in the zone. It's great. They are great for creative work, for writing, for study, for meditation. I use them as part of my morning routine and uh, when I'm doing even legal client work. Um, Everything you need comes in the box each month for about 22-hour sessions of work or meditation or whatever it is you use them for, easily enough to last you for a month. It's a subscription service that brings you in a tidy little box, two full-size candles. One of them is a monthly featured fragrance, and the second one is from your customized favorite list. Plus, you also get a little tea light that's a sample to audition the next month's featured fragrance and a box of wooden matches. And they always stick a little note in there and and some other little things. Uh, I love them. I have been a subscriber for a long time. So I was delighted when they agreed to sponsor some episodes of the podcast. I I use them every month uh, on a regular basis, but they also make a wonderful gift. And we're coming into uh, a season where they're going to be graduating students, maybe work colleagues, They'd be a great Mother's Day gift. People have found that making light candles are a gift that works on many levels. They're unusual, a little unique, and helps the recipient focus on their best work. So check out the website. Go to makinglight.com. There's a quick video there that you can see that explains a little more about what they're for. And while you're there, if you decide to order, be sure to let them know the productive woman sent you and use the promo code TPW10 for $10 off any subscription. All right, let's get into the ep- uh, the topic of this episode. Uh, and it came out of, uh, as sometimes these topics do, kind of what's been on my mind lately. I am fortunate in many ways because living in North Texas, spring comes a little earlier than in some parts of the country. It's still been chilly at night, but we have been having sunny days and temperatures in the 70s and even even a little higher, except for this weekend as I'm recording this, it turned 
turned really cold all of a sudden. It went from in the 80s one day to highs in the low 40s the next. So it's kind of crazy. But aside from that little um, side visit of, of winter coming back, it's been pretty nice here. And I've been able to have the windows open. And that's great. I love the fresh air and it makes it just nice to, to be around and airing out the house. But all that sunlight coming in the windows also exposes the dust and the dirt and the dinginess that comes from living in the country as we do. And so it always happens this time of year, I get the urge to start, you know, trying to clean things up. But I still have work to do. I work from home now. I'm I, My law practice, I do mostly here from, from home. So I'm seeing all this stuff, but I still have to get my work done. So uh, I've been thinking about how do I get all this cleaning done and still get, you know, my, my legal work done that I need to do. And that got me thinking about spring cleaning. So I thought I'd dig into it a little bit for this episode. As I often do, I, I went to the interwebs to do a little research to find out where the idea of spring cleaning came from. And I had never looked at this stuff before. I thought it was very interesting. There were a couple of articles that shared uh, some background about where people think the idea of spring cleaning came from. There, It has some religious and cultural origins, apparently. Uh, one article in countryliving.com talked about the Jewish custom where spring cleaning is linked to Passover in March or April, and that's a, a time that marks the liberation of the Jews from slavery in Egypt many centuries ago. And according to this article, before the start of the Passover holiday, a general cleaning takes place in order to remove, among other things, any yeast bread from the home. And there's a whole interesting story about why that's important. And I'll link to this article in case you're interested in some of these backgrounds. And if you are of the Jewish faith and, and have a, that background, I'd really be interested to hear your take on this. This article talks about in the Christian custom, Catholics typically clean the church altar the day before Good Friday, uh, also in that um March or April time frame, and that it says that members of the Greek Orthodox Church clean house for a week leading up to Lent. And then it also goes on to talk about how in Iran, the holiday of, and forgive me if I'm um, mispronouncing this, now roots, uh, it's, they, they say it's the Persian New Year, that it con- coincides with the first day of spring, and they, there's a 13-day celebration that traditionally involves cleaning and various other things. So I thought that article was interesting. There was another article that I read uh, that talked about how the Chinese clean their homes in anticipation of the Chinese New Year, which occurs shortly after the Western New Year and talks about why they do that. So according to these articles, uh, there are religious and cultural reasons behind the the whole spring cleaning thing. But there's also biology at work. And uh, there was an article on How Stuff Works that talks about how during winter's shorter, grayer days, we're exposed to less sunlight and our bodies our bodies produce more melatonin, which is a hormone that causes sleepiness. So we 
you know, we're not as energetic. We don't have as much interest in cleaning house, among other things. But the more sun we're exposed to, the less melatonin we produce. So as the spring days get longer and sunnier, we have more energy. And as I mentioned, has been my experience, all that sunlight coming in through the windows also exposes all that dust and grime that's gathered over the winter. So those are that's some of the information I got in doing a little research and where this whole idea of um, spring cleaning came from. What is spring cleaning? Well, traditionally, it's an all-day or even longer blitz. There was an article on the Encyclopedia Britannica blog that I thought kind of described the whole concept of spring cleaning Uh, pretty well. And it gave, again, some of the historical background. And this article says, and I'm quoting here, in times past, when people kept their houses shut tight against the cold of winter, heated them with coal and oil and wood, and lighted them with candles, the coming of spring signaled a welcome opportunity to make a dingy habitation fresh again. On the first warm, dry day of the season, everybody in the family would pitch in to pull every stick of furniture and scrap of cloth outside. Then, armed with brooms and wash rags, one squad of house cleaners would return to the house, sweeping and scrubbing every corner and washing down the walls, while another would air out linens, remove soot and ash from couches and chairs, dust books and paintings, and so on. Um, And so that, I I thought, was a pretty good description of the idea of traditional spring cleaning, which is, you know, like taking everything out of the house and really doing a thorough clean. That's not always an option now, and we're going to talk more about that later when we get kind of into the practical stuff. One article I read cited a survey that said 24% of Americans say they do their spring cleaning in less than a day, but most of them, about 54%, say they spend more than a day. The average American spends apparently all or part of four days to get the spring cleaning done. And that's from an article called A Spring Cleaning Checklist for People Too Busy to Spring Clean. And I will link again to all of these articles, but this one in particular I thought was kind of interesting and you might want to check it out. It offers lists of spring cleaning tasks that you can do based on how much time you have available. So if if you have only one day, it says, you know, here are some things you can do. If you have a day or two, here's some more things, three days or more, you know, that kind of thing. So I thought it was a, interesting article to get ideas if if you're of a mind to do this sort of thing. Now, this Encyclopedia Britannica blog article proposes that we reinstitute this old-fashioned spring cleaning where everything that can be is removed from the rooms and taken outside for airing in the sunlight. Even mattresses, the article said, to take them out and lay them across sawhorses and leave them out in the air and the sunlight. And the article says, and, and this is a quote, you will be slaughtering dust mites by the millions and a jolly massacre it will be. thought that was interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I don't know if I am going to be able to get my husband to drag our king-size mattress out and lay it on sawhorses in the sun, but, uh, you know, the... 
The idea of killing off dust mites kind of sounds interesting. This article also recommends as part of your spring cleaning to move appliances like the refrigerator, the stove, the washer and dryer and clean underneath them. And again, we'll talk more about some of the practicalities of all this in just a minute. So why is spring a good time to do deep cleaning of our homes? Uh, Well, as the history talks about that I've already mentioned, during the winter, our houses are more closed up. We often have fires in the fireplace or the furnace running. So there's, you know, stuff in the air. Uh, Winter messes are brought in depending on what part of the world you live in. There may be wet coats dragged in, dirty boots, snow or mud tracked in during the winter. And in modern homes, which are largely more airtight, um, they're full of chemicals and artificial fibers and things that can build up during the winter when the house is closed up. And sunlight and fresh air can help dissipate those things, making our homes a little bit more healthy. In addition, as as I mentioned a little earlier, that sunny weather can help motivate us. We're producing less melatonin and therefore having more energy. Warmer weather of spring, if if we have it, uh, allows for the windows to be opened and fresh air to be let in. Spring's also a good time to uh, prepare the house for some of the spring and summer events. In some parts of the country, certainly around here, um, there are a lot of things happening that will and may involve lots of company, like graduations, whether high school, college, whatever, baby and wedding showers. Uh, Last year in, in the summer, we had a wedding a family wedding here on our property. And so we did a lot of cleaning and prep for that during the spring and early summer. Of course, a lot of this could apply, you know, as a side note, uh, to to make the fall a good time to do some deep cleaning if the weather permits, because we have lots of company for holidays and things like that. But spring is a good time when the weather warms up and, and we can clean things up and get things ready for the kinds of events that happen in the spring and summer. So what do we do uh, in, in spring cleaning? I've mentioned some things already that we can consider doing as part of our spring cleaning. Uh, It's really various areas and types of things to clean, maybe that don't get as much attention uh, during the rest of the year. Under furniture, storage spaces, curtains and blinds, the baseboards of our homes, ceiling fans, walls and woodwork, rugs, things like that could be done as part of spring cleaning. And, um, you know, all those kinds of things that maybe we don't do those regularly as part of the regular house upkeep. This maybe is a good time to do that. Now, if we're working full time or running a business or caring for small children or, or elderly or sick family members, we might not have the time or be the ability to devote a full day to cleaning. So we need to find ways to do it in small increments. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want to say at this point, you know, the last thing I want to do on this podcast is add to people's to-do lists and make you know, add to your stress level. So the fact is we don't have to do spring cleaning. We don't have to do any of this, 
you know, big stuff. You're not a bad person if if you don't. And a lot of times, if we, depending on the stage of life you're in, it just may not be real possible to do this big spring cleaning as people traditionally think of it. And so some of these tips and things that we talk, we'll talk about in the last part of the podcast, maybe little things you can do just on a ad hoc basis to, to clean different areas and, and maintain a, a healthy home. One of the articles I'm going to link to is, uh, was written by a woman who says, I don't do spring cleaning and here's why. And we just, we're just in survival mode as, um, you know, our friend Lisa Woodruff has, talks about that stage of life when you've got small kids around and stuff. And that's perfectly okay. So if this doesn't suit you, if this doesn't interest you, you're not getting any pressure from me to, to do any of this stuff. But it's something that's been on my mind. It's something I'm trying to make time to do some of this stuff. And I thought some of the information might be interesting to you. The other thing I would say is if your budget allows and you want to, consider hiring help for some of the big jobs that we might talk, think of as part of spring cleaning, whether it's the deep cleaning, like doing the windows or moving furniture to clean behind it or cleaning ceiling fans and baseboards. Maybe you can hire some help, whether it's a couple of you know, enterprising high school students or college students that live in your area or another resource where you can get somebody who'll come in and do it. And I'll put some links in the show notes, but there are a number of places where you can hire people for help uh, with stuff like this. Care.com is one of them. They're a previous sponsor of the show. They're not sponsoring this episode, but they're a great resource where you can find people who will come in you know, for a day or a couple of days to do some of these big jobs. Angie's List is another possibility or homeadvisor.com. I mean, you can go on the internet and just Google help with spring cleaning or help with house cleaning, and you'll find lots of options for services in your area that where you can find somebody to come and help with this, with the deep cleaning kind of stuff. And if part of the spring cleaning that you want to do is decluttering and organizing, consider hiring a professional organizer to come and help you do that because it can be overwhelming. And especially if you've got a full-time job or a business or, you know, small children, any of these things, uh, hiring a professional organizer could be a great way to get these things done without taking all your time. Um, Lisa Woodruff, who I mentioned a little bit ago, who has been a guest on the show, and I'll put a link to the episode that she was on. Um, she has a page on her site with a directory of organized 365 licensed providers. So people who she's vetted, who know her her process for home organizing. And that might be a great resource where you can find somebody in your area who knows that system and could come and help you out. And I'll put that link. Uh, the National Association of Professional Organizers, NAPO, also has listings of professional organizers by location. Homeadvisor.com and Angie's List also are sources where you can find professional organizers. So there's, you know, if you want to get some of these kinds of things done as part of a spring cleaning routine, but you don't have the time or the energy or the interest for that matter to do it. If your budget allows, consider getting, getting some help or consider getting some help. So the last part of this um, episode, I wanted to talk about some things we can do to make it easier. If we want to do some level of spring cleaning, 
and um, maybe we don't have a lot of time to devote to it. But and so, what are what are some ways that we can make it a little easier, get some of those things done without completely disrupting our life? And so, the first thing I thought about was to make it easier on yourself. Get the right tools, and this I think this applies whether whether for spring cleaning or just you know regular cleaning and maintenance. Get having the right tools can make all the difference. So instead of crummy stained rags or old wilted sponges, toss those things and get some nice microfiber cloths. Um, I've recently discovered using those. Maybe y'all have been using these forever. I only recently discovered how great they are for cleaning, and um, you can find. The, the some pretty um pretty inexpensive but really good ones at Walmart or on Amazon that's where i found some i've also gotten some really n- nicer ones from Grove Collaborative which i'll talk about in a minute but um anyway microfiber cloths can be great but also if you've got old washcloths that are you know decent not full of holes and stuff but get get the right tools to clean with get a make sure you've got a decent broom a mop a scrub brush or detail brush if you're going to get down into some of you know like cleaning tile or things like that and a good vacuum cleaner those those kind of things can go a long way to making it easier to clean the house with whatever time you have available to you a step stool or a ladder can be really important to have or both. I'm five foot three and a half. So I've got step stool and our house is really long. So I've got a step stool in my closet. I have a big walk-in closet that I can get at quickly from our master bathroom. I've got one in the laundry room for kind of the middle part of the house. And then I've got one at the other end uh, that I can get quickly when I need to get things out of upper cabinets in the kitchen. And I use those all the time. They just fold up and stick into a little little area and make it easier to, to clean the upper places and or to reach those things. Uh, and also get some good cleaners. You don't need a ton of different products, but pick effective ones with scents you like. Make sure you've got the basics. So some kind of glass and surface cleaner. Cleaning windows can be really satisfying in the spring uh, to to be able to, to get all that grime and stuff off your windows and have a nice view out at the spring greenery can be awesome. But so... Have some kind of good glass and surface cleaner, a multi-surface cleaner of some sort, uh, probably some sort of antibacterial or disinfectant cleaner will will be important. A floor cleaner, maybe, you know, maybe the multi-surface cleaner will work for you. But depending on the type of flooring you have, you might need something specific for stone or wood or tile or something like that. And then specialty cleaners as applicable. If you've got a lot of stainless steel, you might want something specific for that. Or if you've got fine woods in your home, maybe you want a good wood cleaner, granite, that sort of thing. Uh, there are you can get all of these kinds of things at Walmart, on Amazon, at Target. They all you know any of these stores sell them. Uh, I like the tools and the all natural cleaning products I've recently ordered from Grove Collaborative. I don't know why I didn't know about these before uh, them before I just discovered them in the last couple months, and um, I love their stuff. And they 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 their pricing is usually at or a little below uh, retail. So I've had people who've told me they've 
price checked and it's a little less expensive than what they can get some of the same products at Target. So, uh, and they deliver it right to your door. So I would check them out there at uh, grove.co. And I actually will put a link in the show notes. They are not a sponsor. I do have, this would be an affiliate link. Um, but if you use it, you'll get $10 off your first order and I'll get, you know, fair, fair disclosure, I'll get a little credit that I can use to buy products later on. Uh, but you don't have to get your materials from them, but I, I really enjoy the stuff I've been able to get from them. So anyway, the idea is to get decent tools, assemble them in a bucket or a caddy, somewhere easy to get to when you have time for a cleaning session. Because those of us with full-time jobs or small children in the home, we have small windows of opportunity to get some of this stuff done. And if we have to go around gathering up materials and supplies or digging through a cupboard to gather it, we'll run out, we'll use up our time and not really get anything done. And the other thing I would suggest that you have on hand is if you have a big project that you want to do, something like uh, reorganizing and cleaning out a big closet or your pantry or something like that, and you want to do that, but you know you're not going to be able to complete it in one session because it's going to take a few hours and you've you've only got, you know, you've got to do it in in stages, consider having a few big boxes or even some big laundry baskets available to put all that stuff in so you can tuck it out of sight between sessions instead of leaving a big mess of stuff piled all over. Uh, you know, for me, one of the projects I want to do this spring is to clean out our pantry. And we've got to, you know, it, it, where it's located, uh, you know, I want to take everything out sort through things and uh, really clean the shelves, but I might not be able to do it all in one day. And I don't want to leave that stuff sitting on my kitchen counter while I wait till the next session. So I'll probably put it, all that stuff in boxes and tuck it into a closet somewhere until I can come back and finish the project. So just something to consider. So having the right tools is my first tip for making it easier to get spring cleaning done. The second one is to declutter first. And this is kind of basic and simple, but it's just easier to clean if you don't have so much stuff cluttering up your space. So consider spending some time decluttering first. And that doesn't, it doesn't have to take a ton of time, but because anything that you're able to get rid of is going to make it easier to clean. And I'm, when I'm talking about decluttering, I'm talking about, yes, the small stuff, but also furniture and things like that. What do you have in your house that you don't love and use every day? maybe now's the time to get rid of some of those things. That'll make it easier to clean. It'll open up your space a little more, make your life a little simpler. So consider even furniture. Uh, if the weather has settled down for, in your part of the country, now would be a great time to put away the winter coats and boots and things. And go ahead and have them washed and repaired if necessary first so they're all ready to go next winter. And as you're putting things away, pull out the things that are outgrown or damaged and either discard them or donate them depending on how the condition they're in and make note of what's going to be need to be replaced before the next winter comes. But clear that stuff out. That'll make it easier to clean. Uh, keep some empty boxes handy in rooms like the kitchen, 
the bathroom, if you've got a walk-in closet, and just try to spend maybe 10 minutes every day pulling things out to toss into those boxes. That's something I've been doing this spring that's been a lot of fun. And I've probably gotten rid at this point of, I don't know, five or six boxes full of stuff out of my kitchen and out of my closet and out of my bathroom. And I have grown grown daughters, so I let them know, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave these sitting on the dining room table for a period of time. So next time you're in the neighborhood, stop and have a look, see if there's anything in there you want. And then after you've had a chance to look at it, it's going off to charity. And so we've gotten rid of a lot of stuff. Um, and you can do that without spending a lot of time. You know, if you're in the kitchen, if you've got a box there while the water for your pasta or your tea, while you wait for it to boil, maybe go through one drawer or cupboard or shelf and pull out a couple things to either throw away or donate, you know, toss into that box to go to charity. And once it's full, then you send the box off to you know, Goodwill, Salvation Army, there are um, shelters that can use some of these kinds of things. Same thing when you're in the bathroom, maybe while you're brushing your teeth, use your free hand to kind of look through one drawer or part of your medicine cabinet, see is there anything in there you could throw away or throw in the donate box or whatever. While you're getting dressed, maybe pull a couple clothing items off the rack or out of a drawer that you don't love, you don't wear, you haven't worn in months and toss those in the charity bag to give to a shelter or something like that. Uh, but decluttering can go a long way, not not only to simplifying your life, making life easier and your house look cleaner already, but it'll make it easier when you actually are trying to clean. So getting good tools, decluttering first. My third tip, I guess, would be to make a plan. Make a list, sit down and make a list of what you'd like to clean in each room of your house. And I'm talking about maybe things that you want to thoroughly clean in air that maybe you do spot or surface cleaning on a regular basis, but you really want to get in there and move things around and clean things up. And also those things that don't get regular attention, ceiling fans I've mentioned before, light fixtures, baseboards, doormats and entry rugs, washing curtains, changing furnace filters, outlook cover or outlet covers and switch plates, moving furniture to clean under or behind it, um, cupboards like under your sinks or your, any of your kitchen cupboards or your pantry. Make a complete list. I actually started making one but I um, that I did by hand. If I have a, a time before this episode goes live, I will type that up and I'll put it up on the website and stick a link in the show notes where you can download it for free if uh, as a starting point for ideas of things you can clean. I tried to, it's as part of my ongoing project here, I kind of made a list of everything, a checklist. And so have that plan. Think of everything you want to do. Decide, uh, am I going to hire somebody to do some of this? Am I going to outsource it to, you know, somebody else? Or am I going to do these things? And and then decide also whether you want to tackle your cleaning by room or by type or surface. surface. So do you want to start and like do the whole kitchen? Or do you want to do all the ceiling cobwebs in the whole house at one go? clean all the doors or woodwork or something like that. You can do it either way, depending on what works best for you, but decide how you want to do it. 
Decide how much time you have available and how much you want to spend on this. You want to spend 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day just until it's done. Do you want to do, you know, two hours on a Saturday and maybe a couple hours on another Saturday? Do you want to take a whole day and do it? Look at your calendar and decide how you're going to spend, uh, allocate your time to doing this and make sure the things that you put on your list, the projects you want to do, that you break them down into the time increments you have available. So if you've got, you know, you figure I've got 20 minutes, three days a week that I can spend on this, then have your list kind of sorted in a way, look at it. What can I do in 20 minutes? I probably can't empty out my pantry and completely re scrub it out and reorganize it, but I could do one shelf maybe in 20 minutes. I don't know. You know, think about that. So that's number three. Number four is to get the family involved. Um, you know, you, there's, <laughs> everybody lives there, so maybe everybody can help. And it depends on who's in your household and how old they are and that sort of thing. But if, say, you've, you've planned to devote a Saturday morning to this project, what tasks are on that list that you want done that a child could do or your partner could do? and get them on board, come, maybe come up with rewards like prizes for completing tasks or plan a fun family activity when the the work session is done um, and make it a game maybe. When my kids were home and I didn't, it, this wasn't so much for spring cleaning, but when I would do like a Saturday cleaning day or something like that or a day of the week that we were going to clean, I would make a list of everything that needed to get done and then I would let the kids take turns choosing tasks. And I mean, I would pull off the ones that I needed to do. And then all the of all the tasks that needed to get done that were things they could do, they would take turns choosing and putting, uh, you know, on on their list. And certain things always were like the last thing to be chosen, like cleaning the toilet or something. But they kept kept taking turns choosing until everything on the list was allocated to somebody. And then I'd copy theirs, the ones they'd chosen onto their own list. And then we'd all get to work and, um, you know, they do the tasks on their list, check them off when they were done. And, and then we'd do something fun when it was over with. So that can be kind of fun. You could do it on a, on a big whiteboard if you have one in your house, uh, or just however you want to do that, but get the family involved, let everybody in the house, household contribute there. The fifth thing is to work efficiently when you're cleaning anyway, but certainly when you're doing this kind of deep cleaning, do things in an order that avoids having to redo any of it. And that's why making that list and having a plan really helps because if you know you want to do cobwebs, you know, you've got cobwebs up around the ceiling or on the ceiling fan or things like that, you want to do that before you sweep and mop the floor because stuff's going to fall on the floor. If you do the floors first and then you do the upper things, then you're going to end up having to sweep or mop the floor again afterwards. So work top to bottom and uh, work dry to wet. So if you've got a lot of dust in an area, dust it off before you go in there with a cleaning, a, kind of a wet cleaning product. Otherwise that cleaner could just turn all that dust to mud and it's going to take longer to clean. So work efficiently uh, so that you don't have to repeat any of the work. 
Um, the next item was to maybe save time elsewhere to make time for cleaning. So during the period of time, whether it's a day or over a course of a week or whatever that you're doing this, plan to have simple meals. Throw something in the crock pot, get some takeout, or just go out to eat uh, at the end of the cleaning session. Uh, but simplify that area. And maybe trade carpool duty with a friend so that you buy some time from that if, if that's something you spend some time on. And the next piece that kind of is related to that is the next tip, I guess, is to use small bits of time to tackle tasks and race against the clock. I mentioned before, what can you do while you're waiting for the pasta water to boil or uh, you're waiting for the... I don't know, spin cycle on the washing machine to, to finish. So you've got a couple of minutes. What can you do in that area to do some, one of the things on your task? What can you get done during the commercial breaks while you're watching a TV movie or even the news instead of, you know, I, I, I DVR most of the things I watch on TV so I can fast forward through the commercial breaks, but maybe instead of fast forwarding, you get up and you run and do one of the little tasks on your show. Uh, on on your list while the commercials are on and see how quickly you can get it done. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should never just sit down and relax and watch a movie on TV without having to get up and run around and clean. But if you're looking for ways to get some time uh, and motivate yourself to get uh, little tasks done, this is one way to do it, kind of racing against the clock. And then the last tip, I guess, is to find ways to motivate yourself to do this. And I'm going to stop here and say again, you don't have to do any of this stuff. And on the other hand, a, a lot of this will apply not just to spring cleaning, but just to general household maintenance. Uh, but you don't have to do the spring cleaning and consider hiring help if you can, if your budget will allow. But if you want to do it and you want to get it done, find ways to motivate yourself. And there are a couple of things that I thought of. First of all, start with something that gives you a lot of bang for your buck, something that's very visible and very dirty, that it's going to be real obvious that you've cleaned it. And maybe that's going to be your front door or the windows, you know, in your kitchen, or something that you see all the time that's really dirty over the winter, clean that up and you're going to get an immediate kind of reward because it's very visible and it's really dirty. So there's a big difference from the work that you did. Or maybe it's cleaning off the kitchen cupboard doors if there's lots of fingerprints and grime on the food splatter and stuff. Or maybe it's declutter and clean and reorganize your pantry or, or some bookshelves but something that's going to be really satisfying to see because it was it's very visible and it's very dirty. So start with something like that. So you get that immediate satisfaction reward of, of seeing results. Uh, another thing you can try to motivate yourself is, and I've only discovered these recently, again, maybe you already knew about this, but there are clean with me videos on YouTube. Uh, and there are a lot of them. You, if you do, if you go onto YouTube and just search for clean with me, you will find dozens of them. And they are, you know, women who have these YouTube channels that have their camera kind of following them around while they're cleaning their house. And they share tools and tips and techniques of how they clean up and what, you know, what products they use, what tools they use, and they have music playing while they do it. Um, 
And I got to say, I, I, I discovered these recently and they kind of get me, get me fired up of, oh, I could do that in my kitchen or, oh, I could do that in my bathroom. And so maybe they'll work for you. Some of my favorites on YouTube are of the clean with me and the organized with me things are uh, a woman called the organized soprano, another one called love Meg, uh, crystal Tara. I love watching her uh, because she, when she cleans, she's doing it with a preschooler and twin toddlers underfoot. And she's very real. It's a hoot to watch her when she's trying to clean up the playroom and she's putting toys away and these twin toddlers are coming behind her and pulling things out, but it's, it's kind of fun to watch. And the organized mom is a woman in uh, England who does videos about cleaning and organizing. I'll put links to all these in the show notes. They're, they're, they're kind of fun to watch and they can maybe motivate you. Um, on that same vein, create a playlist of songs that energize you and play those while you clean. Certainly plan a, some sort of treat or reward for yourself when you've finished your spring cleaning, maybe a spa day or a manicure or something like that. Uh, and consider maybe pairing up with a friend who's also doing her spring cleaning and, um, you know, motivate each other. I, I, it made me think of uh, when I write, when I'm working on my novel, uh, there, I have some writer friends who sometimes will post on Facebook, all right, we're going to do a one hour writing blitz and uh, starting at this time and check back in at the end of the hour with how many words you got written. You could do something like that with a friend who's also going to do that. You could like post, uh, text each other, all right, starting now, you know, and how much can we get done in the next half hour? And consider taking some before and after photos, either you know, post them on social media to show what progress you've made, or just keep them on your phone to remind yourself of the progress you've made. So those are some thoughts I have on spring cleaning and some ways to make it easier. But what do you think? Do you do spring cleaning? Am, uh, am I crazy here even thinking about this? If you do, whether you do spring cleaning or not, uh, you know, what tips can you share for getting your home cleaned up and ready for the spring and summer events? I would love to hear from you. You can share your questions about this, your thoughts, uh, your ideas, and your tips in the comments section of the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 186 or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or if you're in the a Productive Woman Community Facebook group, um, definitely uh, post a comment or question in there and, and we can continue this conversation there. If you want to share your thoughts about this with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I think that's it. Don't forget to visit makinglight.com to learn more about their awesome candle subscription and let them know I sent you. And remember to use the, the promo code TPW for The Productive Woman, TPW10, the number 10, for $10 off your first subscription to makinglight.com or for the Making Light Candles. And thank you so much to Making Light, both for supporting the productive woman and for making my workspace a little more pleasant. Um, that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Uh, as always, I appreciate you spending this time with me. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. 
I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.